You're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. Hi, I'm Francine. And I'm Carrie. We're two best friends who can't stop talking, usually about Disney stuff. Sometimes we have fascinating guests, and sometimes it's just us. But it's always positive and fun. We're happy to have you join our chat. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Well, hello, Carrie. Hello. Hello. I was going to say hello, friend. Hello, Fran. (laughs) I think you're my friend, too. I, I got to hope so. <laughs> but we, we're not alone this podcast. Thank we have heavens. An, I know. Thank goodness. We have another friend with us. Hi, Jay. Hello. How Hello. are you two doing? We're we're as, as good as we ever are. <laughs> yeah. As giddy as always. As giddy as always and as, as frazzled as can be. Yes, absolutely. Jay, thank you for coming back on the podcast with us. We're really My pleasure. Yeah, we were talking about pin trading and all sorts of stuff from our adventures at D23. And we were talking about uh, different pin traders we know. And um, yeah, you have some good tips for some new pin traders. So we wanted to get into all of that. Um and then, you know, have you back on the podcast because it's always fun chatting with you. So thanks for coming back. My pleasure. I'm jealous that uh, you got to experience D23. It's on the Disney bucket list of mine. It's awesome. And ne- well, if you want to go next time, we just have to, you have, we have to join forces to get everybody registered. That's always the, the hard part. So. I heard that podcast and all the challenges <laughs> that you all experienced. But um, but it's possible. We just have to work together, I think, to get together. Yeah. Together. I don't know. Like, what would have happened if two of us didn't get tickets? And like two of that... us would have stayed home? I don't <laughs> That would have been so heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, we had some yeah. friends that didn't get the, get it this year and it was sad. Yeah. So and it was sad too. Next year it's not, we're, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get, make sure everybody's included next year. So if you guys want in Jay, let us know. One big I Google feel, chat. <laughs> I feel your pain through Oogie Boogie Bashed. Yeah. And I, all of the uh, ticket acquisition challenges that we had. Yes. So. Did you, did you, are you going to Oogie Boogie Bash this season? We are. When are yeah. you going? Not till later, October. right? October. Yeah. Uh, October 29th is our Oogie Boogie date. Oh, nice. That's I'm, awesome. I'm especially excited because I finally convinced my brother-in-law, or sorry, my brother and my sister-in-law and my two nieces to join us to Disneyland. So one is five and one is seven, and this will be their first time at Disneyland, first time at a through Halloween party and staying up late. And Ooh, yeah, I'm pretty that's excited. That's awesome. That is exciting. That is exciting. I the oogie boogie. It really is such a great party. Mm-hmm. And how and old are the, how old are the kids that are going with you? Five and seven. Oh, it's like that ages. perfect age. Yeah, it is. I'm really excited, and they love oh. cars and experience Cars Land, all the Disneyland stuff. So, oh, I love and that. they're like the two of you, very experienced at Disney World. They've been to Disney World more than many people have despite only being five and seven <laughs> so you have to teach them how to love disneyland they have to exactly have to show them the way start oh. them early yeah i'd start be interested i'd be interested to see hear what they have to think just yeah. warn them about the castle so will they be doing any pin trading in disneyland <laughs> are they little pin traders the castle will be more size to them anyways because they're exactly. smaller people so 
they won't really notice the difference. Oh, I never um, thought of that. That's true. It's more size to children. Now yeah. Carrie's going to be using that as a as a a selling feature for Disney. Your children will your children your children will be able to relate to the castle a little bit better. It's all in what you make of it, right? Oh, I love that. That's love a good that. one. Um, but sorry, you, what was your question, Carrie? Are they going to pin trade? Yeah. Is this is this a pre a preamble to your? This it is a good segue. Yeah, I I, uh, I probably should get them into pin trading, shouldn't I? You could you could try out our our uh, pin trading tips for newbies with them and see how, how there they, you go what they how they fare. I don't see think they'll they be the ones it. finding pins and they'll be doing pin trading, but all yes. the prep and leading and whatnot of pin trading, I don't think they would be the ones resolving. Right. And that's what we, we had a, a listener mention, a, like email us and say that they would love to get the lowdown on how to prepare and to be ready for being a new pin trader in the park. And that's why we reached out to you because I know you've got lots of pin trading experience at the parks and you love pins. Do you still love pins? I still love pins. <laughs> I was going to I was gonna say you have more experience, but I'm happy to still chat. No, I <laughs> think so i think uh, i i don't know i i haven't been a, a very active pin trader in a, in a long time i kind of more of i'm a pin buyer i'm a, i'm an acquisition i acqui- i acquire pins that's more acquisition my enthusiast. acquisitionist enthusiast with my credit card is <laughs> pins. That's, that's more my, there's not uh, much trading trade. going on there's not there's not as much there's not much trading going on so i i figured we needed to i needed some backup so you know i'm sure i have a few cents to share, but I needed, we needed backup on this one. Yeah. In your defense, you still have to buy pins to trade them. So true, you're still, you're just, yeah. You're, you've just done step one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we needed to enlist the help of someone who knew. So I guess I can lead into that and say, mm-hmm. when it comes to one of the first tips I had noted down was probably the most common one that you would hear if you go into any sort of pin trading type groups is avoid buying from not necessarily resellers but uh scrapper type sellers right so we often see the big lots on ebay kijiji sometimes you'll find them or whatever the equivalent is in the u.s i don't know if kijiji's in the u.s i think it's a canadian thing um but if it seems too good to be true it probably is and the general cost that you'll find for pins are usually around the 2 to $3 mark, I would say, on the low end, if you can find some good deals. But if you see anything for like, what, $0.25 cents equivalent per pin or $0.50 cents equivalent per pin, it's probably too good to be true. So just proceed with caution because it would help the entire pin community as well as yourself. So that was kind of what I had as my first tip. And that's so true. Like people, you can get taken in by that. You don't know any different. You buy, say, 50 pins and you think, oh, look, I'm getting them for 25 cents each. And then you go to a pin meet or you go somewhere and then somebody's like, these aren't real. And they're they're effectively useless to you. You can't trade with them. And in many of the pin trading groups, I find that that's often how new pin traders start. And it's not necessarily a great experience if you can avoid it in advance to find out that what you've spent, even at $50, let's say for a lot of uh, 100 pins, to find out that it's essentially worthless to the community or to the, yeah, to pin trading. It's, it's, you're starting off at a negative 
feeling when it should be primarily positive. Yeah, it should experience. be a fun experience. And and how how sad when you're all excited to get into this thing and then and then you find out that you've been duped. Yeah. Um, like what you know unscrupulous people that would do those things so this is a this is a this is a very good tip because i i've heard it multiple times from different people that have been taken it because it's so easy to get taken in by it even in some of those like pin trading groups on facebook and stuff i think some of those like if you're in one of the ones that isn't like reputable pin traders you can you can be taken or there's another good example of the retail market facebook marketplace I do see them on Facebook Marketplace as well. I think that's in the U.S. as much as in Canada. So, yeah, anywhere where you can buy stuff secondhand, just be cautious if you see somebody trying to sell a lot of pins. Yes. Now, have you guys ever been duped by buying a pin that wasn't? Uh... For sure. So, like many people, I think we we started off as well it, with scrappers. That was the first time when we went to Disney World. We didn't trade at Disneyland. It was in 2014. That was the first time we started pin trading. And we ended up, we loved the experience. We ended up actually burning through our single lot that we had. And then we went to the same place that we bought it from and express shipped it to the hotel to feed in more. And in hindsight, like, I feel guilty because we didn't know, right? Like, it was an honest mistake. Right. And that's usually how it starts. But, yeah. And Carrie, you have two? Um, I probably have bought a lot that had some scrappers in there. Like my very first pin trading experiences with like on a family trip and we had legit pins we had bought. Um, well, my brother-in-law had bought um, the American Express pins they gave you on the land. Like they gave you on the lanyards when America, when American Express was a sponsor. So when you stayed at Walt Disney World, they gave you a lanyard with two American Express pins that you were supposed to trade with when you were in the park to start your trading. So my brother-in-law had bought like a humongous lot of them off of, off of eBay. So they were legit pins and we went and we traded and this was before, this was really probably just before scrappers. We, we went and, and traded and traded and traded and traded and got all kinds of hidden Mickeys. Like that was at the height of the early hidden Mickeys. Um, so we, we like fell in love with it. We were having so much fun getting these pins, but probably, not long after that, that trip is when the scrappers started to come out. And, and, and the one thing with have with the scrappers too, with, with what Jay said about like kind of putting, like you're contributing, like, you know, not knowingly contributing to a bit of a problem is that, you know, you'll get your pins legitimately, right? Like um, either you buy booster packs that they sell at Walt Disney world, or you buy some booster packs on sale somewhere or you get pins that are real and then you're boost, in the parks booster, booster packs. Yeah. Booster packs are the ones you buy in the parks. Like they'll have a theme to it. Like okay. Right, right, right. Or whatever. Um, you know, you'll buy those legitimately and have pins that you may spend two, three, four, five, six dollars each. And then when you're in the park and you're trading, you're trading them for scrappers. So. And that's the part yeah. that's really crappy about the, about contributing to it. And some of sometimes the scrappers look exactly like the real thing. Sometimes they look like they're run over by a truck and you, and because and of the you light can tell. and because you're excited, you often, well, lots of times you can tell, but you often might not be able to tell till you've stepped away and looked at it in a light. And then you get really mad that your $4 pin or $3 pin is, or $5 pin is, has been traded for something that looks, that looks really, really crappy. Cause you can't really take it back. And, and sometimes I find that even 
knowing what to look for, I have a really hard time distinguishing some scrappers from authentic ones. Some of the scrappers or fakes, whatever, uh, look very close to the actual thing. And I guess kind of to take a step back, for those who aren't familiar with the term scrappers, it might be valuable to kind of describe what a scrapper yes, is. These are <laughs> pins. These are pins that essentially come off the production line. They take the mold that Disney would have used often or replicate it and then make additional batches, but of a lower quality. So often discolored or paint dips or different type of material used. Um, they're essentially fakes that look like the actual thing. And when you're when you're the consumer looking for these pin lots, often they'll actually be branded as authentic pins. Um, they can be traded at the parks, all this stuff. They present it to you and give you the sales pitch that it's fine. But if you know in advance, not a good thing to be adding into the into problem the... that exists at the parks. Yeah. Right. Wow. I didn't realize they were from the same mold. So that's what they call them. They just call them a scrapper. So when you get when you get your pins and you have the one in the in the in the bunch that's a bad one, it's called a scrapper. I don't think I, I have any scrappers, but I, I would probably do. I I wouldn't know how to tell them if even if I did. Like I wouldn't that's the other thing. You're you're saying like it, you don't want to contribute to it, but for the untrained eye, how would you know? Like sometimes you just don't know. Very so, good. Yeah. One of the next tips I have, which was a little bit later on, but I'll kind of cover that point because I think it's a good segue, is things to look for are like paint dips. You know, it's like a, it's not as clean of a finish. Though I will kind of also add kind of preface to this is the quality control has kind of changed with Disney even that sometimes these noticeable things that you would see with a, a scrapper are actually unauthentic pins. It was less common like five, six years ago, but in the last couple of years, we've Carrie, you can probably uh, agree to this or mm -hmm. test to this, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of closing that gap and making it a little more challenging, but paint dips, the waffle patterns, may not go to the edge or go to the edge uh the backer cards sometimes there are cards that like a hidden mickey as an example which would have never had a backer card you may find those pins for sale somewhere where they actually have backer cards on them the one distinguishing thing that you'll often see with the the scrapper lots would be each pin is in a little sandwich bag not a sandwich bag but like a little zip yeah, block a little type bag, bag. <laughs> yeah a little plastic bag individually wrapped oh um, yeah so some little odd things that you can kind of notice there but when it comes to pin trading at the parks some of that you wouldn't necessarily notice and sometimes you may not even have the opportunity to notice mm -hmm. one of the things that uh one of the things that i'll see sometimes at the parks and i see that there's fun in it but sometimes they'll have these pin trading type games where you'll be asked a trivia question and depending on your answer if you're right or wrong you may open up some secret compartment to find what kind of pin is in there i don't know if they have an actual name aside from that uh and then you don't know what you're actually trading for the surprise oh so you, you may be trading one of your valuable pins 
that you paid dollars for an authentic pin. And then to find out that you're getting a scrapper back without even having an opportunity to look at it. And I find that sometimes like the trade is final. Like they, they're kind of, they stick you to it almost the, the cast members. Uh, oh, these are yeah. cast members. These aren't yeah. other traders in the park. These are cast members. Yeah. Yeah. When we're, when we're talking oh. about pin trading in the park, we're talking about the pin trading that you're allowed to do with the cast members. So the lanyards yeah. they wear, the boards they have at the cash registers, the games they have at the cash registers, they have boards all across the parks and in, in pop-up locations like at animal kingdom, they have, they have a garbage can that's set up that's got pin boards all along the side of it. Like they have pin trading all over. So we're speaking of the pin trading that you you get to do with cast members. Yeah. Like uh. the official pin trading activities that are allowed at the parks. Yeah, they'll have them in like organizer type trays or like advent calendar type boxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then okay. And you, you would open like the pick door. A, pick a, yeah, exactly. You would open the door and that would be the pin that you've now traded for. Oh, that would be a pain if you paid like twelve ninety nine or something for a pin and then you got a scrapper. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Now, when you talk about the paint drip, you mean like at the edge of the, like on the pin, almost like when you're painting a wall and you push your roller too hard and you get like a little drip? Is no, they're more like, they're, they're more like actual little, like, like dip type blemishes. Yeah, blemishes. That's best. a good word. Yeah. yeah. Oh, blemish. Like the pins okay. can have blemishes. They can have little dents and divots in them and, and oh, okay. be a little wavy or they might even be dull. In some spots, like um, you like know, it's not uniform. Part of it's dull. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I it's funny because we our our friend Curtis. When I I've been in the parks with him when I've been picking up pins for somebody, uh, he's got young eyes, so he looks. He holds the pins up close and he looks at them and he's like, "Yeah, this one's okay." Even like even these the Disney pins that you're buying off the off the rack, like he'll look at them and say, "Yes, this is good." Or I wouldn't have no clue what, well, now I know what to look for, but. Um, yeah, it's always good to look just to make sure um, that the the pin's in decent shape. Cause you never know, like that could be wow. one that's a little wonky. See, and pin traders would know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to go to a pin event and then all of a sudden you got a, you got a wonky pin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I find that's the case with other stuff though, too, on the Disney side. Ornaments is another one. Or like they're not packaged well before going on the shelf. Like in the case of pins or even ornaments, there's like a bunch of them in a box, not necessarily individually wrapped. And then mm. they'll just take them out of this box and hang it up. I remember probably closer to the 10 years, one of our earlier trips, we we wanted to buy um, an ornament of the partner statue. And every single one of them on the shelf had the hand missing or the finger missing. And then we asked them to bring out the box and they brought out a box and no word of a lie. It's just like a bunch of ornaments dumped into a box and they're pulling them out and they're all broken. And it was kind of. I know exactly. I know exactly which one it is because I bought that ornament. Uh, It was intact when I bought it, but I broke the hand off myself. So I had to buy another one. You need to buy hand, another one for parts. It was very, it was very precariously hanging there. I, you know, yeah, I did. I, I broke the hand off, and then I had to buy another one. But I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> but they do that same thing with pins. So even if you're buying that twelve, thirteen, fifteen, twenty dollar pin, 
they're just in a big sleeve or package, or I think in the case of the pins, they come in like a bag, and then they just pull out the pins, and sometimes they'll scratch up or ding against each other, and yeah, they'll get damaged. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think, like, our pins from D23, did you look at them, Carrie? Was uh, I supposed to look at them? You should You should look at them. I, yeah, you should. That's oh. why when you when we get them, they take them out for you to take a look at, because if there's anything that's um bad i just thought it was just to check them off the list to say you paid for these you get these well that's part of it but also like especially in this case we had these are very limited edition pins so if you if like the, you they might not even be able to swap one out for you but if they if they could the time is of the essence because if you waited a couple of days they wouldn't have any left by oh, the end of the event probably i never even, even thought yeah so, so one of my friends brought up um one of their pins and the 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 eye was supposed to be like a brown eye with the black pupil and there was no one of them was missing so one eye was perfect and then the other eye was oh you're kidding brown. i think it was all brown because the, the pupil was missing yeah so you have to look for it that's a big mistake but sometimes there's like little scratches and scuffs and stuff so you want to make sure hmm. especially when you're buying for the pin yeah. events they'll always do that too they'll always mm-hmm. when you go pick up your uh, rsp stuff they'll just put it all on the table and it, they assume that you're going to look at it with a fine tooth comb and try to find all the they flaws. must they must love me when i come up i'm like okay thanks <laughs> bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> and at the pin event this year there was uh, a set that had the songs with the movie there was a mystery box set carrie you might be familiar with it or you may have seen it uh, a friend of ours jonathan had sent me a picture where somebody managed to get one that had Pinocchio's picture, but it said circle of life over top. So like those type of mistakes will happen too. And in the case of a mystery box, you wouldn't notice until you open it, of course, but sometimes you'll get those weird little mishaps that happen on the production line. Interesting. Yeah. Because we know that Circle of Life is not for the Pinocchio. <laughs> no, they don't exactly go. Now, would something like that be worth more? Would like, do you think there'd be hundreds of them made that way with the with the wrong song and the and the wrong character, or is it probably like a one off and maybe it'll be worth something because it's like some mistake they made? It's probably a one off. I don't really think they hold a value in the pin market as much as some other markets. There might be a slightly higher value but carrie what do you what do you think i don't know yeah i think it's a little bit different with with pin trading yeah yeah like i think there's there's got to be some other you know other markets where you sell things and where like if there's a blunder like that like if they had the wrong title on a comic book or something it would be worth tons of money i would think yeah maybe it would have to be like just the best mashup ever maybe that would make it a little bit more valuable <laughs> maybe. pinocchio and the lion king maybe not yeah yeah that's true that's true the circle of life you become a boy then you go into a puppet and you become a boy again (laughs) that's the circle of life right (laughs) oh my goodness i never i wouldn't even think of that the mystery boxes stress me out so i i did buy the mystery boxes once um and i can't remember what it was it was the one that had like an alice in it and madame leota the 50th and I bought two mystery boxes and then I just kept getting all these doubles. And then it was like I was on a mission to get the whole set. But 
but then like what do you do with all these extra pins and then you're supposed to trade and then i was just like this is ridiculous like i can't do it anymore and i just i bought enough boxes to get the ones i wanted and then i think i gave the rest to my friends who needed who needed pins whenever i'm buying mystery boxes if i if i'm buying them in person i always buy them at different spots of the shelf or the rack or just buy fewer at one store and buy others at a different store. So I know I'm getting some sort of distribution because there too, especially in more recent years, there have been gr- a growing number of scenarios where you'd hear somebody buys, uh, I don't know, five or six boxes on shop Disney and every single box is the exact same two pins. Oh. And, and I've had similar scenarios, even at the parks when this kind of started happening, um, there were th- these I can't remember the actual name of the series, but there's like these park ones that they had uh, park badges. I think it was called. And I bought five or six boxes and they were all the exact same. And it's a frustrating moment oh. when you're still paying like $20 a box. Yeah. To get all of those doubles. So I've learned now, even if I'm buying, picking up for other people when I'm away, I'll buy like one or two at a store <laughs> and then go to another store and buy one or two. It's, it's probably your best odds of getting a mix. Wow, because there's nothing mystery about that. Oh, <laughs> a bunch of quintuplets. Of yeah, yeah Not that happen to you. It's crappy. The uh, crappy the next, scrappers. Crappy. <laughs> the next point I had was opportunities to save. So although, because we're kind of bouncing around back and forth on my list as we talk through these, even though there are some great deals to be had with scrappers in the sense of faced face value, I guess, when you look at it on, on the surface, if you want authentic pins, there are still opportunities to save. So hot topic and box lunch, for example, they're licensed Disney pins, or sorry, uh, lounge fly that are sold at hot topic and box lunch. They're licensed Disney pins. Those are ones that you can trade at the parks. They are approved. Oh. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I like to do, especially at Disney World, is go to the outlets early on in the trip. So the outlets off property there on Vineland and oh, International one, Drive, International Drive, yeah. Because there you'll often find some sort of pins, and sometimes they're from older pin events even for a few dollars. I've seen pins as inexpensive as ninety nine cents or booster mm-hmm. packs for three or four dollars with several pins on it oh yeah and if you're in their outlet store then they're legit pins these are not exactly scrappers exactly so there are deals to be had you just kind of have to locate them and be a little patient but yeah i remember that one time we went to i want to say it was love is an adventure one of the pin events and we hit up the outlets and yeah 99 cent pins and then there were the there were booster packs that had like let's say it was alice in wonderland would have like the cup they were white backed. Do you remember these, Carrie? They had uh, it would have like the slipper. It would have the hourglass and it would have Alice. It was very obscure, like little items related to it, but they were still authentic Disney pins. They kind of made up a booster pack, and they were clearing them out for just a few dollars. Loaded up on them because how could you say no to that? Mm-hmm. Now you can trade those with the cast members, right? So yep. cast members can only refuse a trade if it's legit not a legit pin right like when would a cast member ever say no we're not trading the general rule i've heard is that if it's not an authentic pin that they have the right of refusal i guess right but i've also never 
heard of a scenario where that happens. I don't think oh. the cast members are well trained on what to look for. And they just see a pin has the Disney stamp on the back, even on the scrappers. And, they just and they'll accept the trade. Yeah. So you could take those, those like $99.99 pins from the outlet mall and then trade them with cast members in the parks to get more valuable pins that you could then trade with other pin traders to get the pins you really want. Hypothetically speaking, yes. Yeah. You make it sound easier than what it actually is, but yes, hypothetically. Yes. Hypothetically. But it is a lot of work, right? Like that's a lot of work to go get the pins, then to trade them, then then to find and it's hard to find somebody who has the pin you want. Like you've got to find this random person who has the pins that you want. That's the fun though. Yeah. The the that's fun of going and looking at what each cast member has or Trying to find the board at the store, initiating a conversation. Usually the cast members will spark up some sort of chit chat as well. And you're trying to find that one missing pin. Like there's a sense of thrill or adrenaline almost like as you're looking for that. And I think that when you're starting out as pin, like when you're starting out to pin trade in the parks or maybe just generally trading in the parks, like you're looking it's just like Jason it's fun like you're not looking necessarily like you know I'm on a trip and I'm gonna get come home with the best collection of cat pins ever it's more like on the hunt for stuff that you like like in the thing with the pen the pins that you'll see on the boards and with the cast members especially if you were new to Disney and new to pin trading like you're gonna see stuff you've never seen before you're gonna see characters and pins and things that that just tickle your fancy and you're gonna want to have them right so it's more that I think that you're just seeing what you find and and I'll always tell people when they have little kids is like, if you give them, if you give them eight pins to trade or whatever, and they're going to do a little bit of it throughout the week, like they're most likely a couple days in, I've already traded those eight pins and they're going to have to start deciding which ones they like better or right. Like they're going to have to decide at a certain uh, okay. point, okay, I've traded my eight pins, you know, on day one, they thought they were collecting Mickey and Donald, but by day three, they've decided they want Star Wars pins. And then you just keep like searching and hunting and trading and you kind of, trade up like I think that's how a a new pin trader or or you know not a pin trader not a collector but a but someone that's just kind of doing it for fun got it got it you're gonna see what you can find and see like what do you like you're you're not going with the I want to get this pin you're going with uh let me see what I see what I see and then if I like something then I trade for it and especially like someone that's new to pin trading, like in the scenario where people are planning a Disney trip, they've heard about pin trading, they want to get their family pin trading. They're not going to know about the series and the, and, and what, like right. when they start searching, they're going to see what's, what's there. Like back, they, they always had the hidden Mickey series. So for like collectors, once you got into it so deep as a collector, you might decide, oh, okay, well, there's a collection of teacups and I want to get the teacups. So there's a collection of whatever. And you, and then you might, you know, spend your trip trying to get some of them, like looking on the boards for very specific things because you know that they're going to be out there. But, but, um, but I think generally, if you're new to this, you're just going to be exploring and being exciting about what you're seeing, and then, and then figuring out how to trade and what and which ones you want to trade for. Yeah, that was hmm. one of the points I actually had too. Was there are many great pins out there? If there's any sort of advice that I can give to somebody starting off is try to focus your collections. You will always try to explore, especially earlier on, but before you kind of start to stretch yourself thin or 
I kind of mentioned earlier how the first time we got into pin trading, instead of just having self-control like a normal human <laughs> being would probably have, we just <laughs> sourced out more pins so that we could just feed the <laughs> the problem the further. But uh, yeah, it so kind of focus your collections. What do you focus on now? Like, what is your collections focused on? So me personally, I have mainly Oogie Boogie, uh, Zero, and then... Chantal has Eeyore. Oh. Uh, and then we combined, we'll have a wedding frame and Toy Story. So five collections. <laughs> there are that many pins for like Oogie Boogie and Zero. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Zero's the dog, right? From the, the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I have seen it. Um, there are that many pins for them? Oh, yeah. We, I don't have. I probably only have a dent into the actual collection and I probably have about 200 <gasps> plus of each Oogie and zero. No. Yeah. I've got, I think it's a 12 by 18 shadow box frame full of Oogie and another one full of zero and then tons that I need to get more frames for to put the pins into. Holy mackerel. Yeah, we have actually 12 by 18s are full of all of the sets and they're in our hallway. So we just walk down and you can see all the frames and pins. And and that, that's small compared to friends of ours like Gabe comes to mind and, and what wow. some others have. Yeah. Okay, so wait, that does bring, because Carrie and I were talking about it when, because I actually bought it. Like, I don't know what's happened to me lately, uh, but I bought pins um, as part of D23 and then, like, we were in the pin store at the Contemporary, and I'm like, oh, I like this pin. And then uh, I'm buying pins. Like, this is not, but my, you know how you're saying, like, focus your collection. I have no focus. I'm all over the place. Uh, the one I bought um, was Silencio Bruno, because I just, I thought it was cute. So I I bought it. I, I have no other pins from anything remotely close to Luca. Um, but then we were talking about, what do you do with them? I have them all in, like, a big box. Um, so you have like a shadow, a shadow box, like hanging on the wall. Yeah. We have shadow boxes that are front opening, so they're just hanging there. We can open them up, maneuver around the pins if we want to. We don't really need more because they're full. Oh yeah. We would just put them into there and display them. Huh. And then we've got, uh, yeah, a few boxes of stuff that we need to sort through and put up. Well, that's an what, idea. What I love about how we have them displayed is... <laughs> And there was actually a little funny story there, too, is they glow in the dark, the Oogie Boogie pins, a lot of them. Some of the zeros, too, but a lot of the Oogie Boogie ones, because he glows in the dark, they put the attention to detail in and they glow in the dark. So at night, our hallway light, we have the automated lights, so they dim down more so. We just leave them on for the night for the dog and whatever else. And uh, you can see them glowing in the Oh, in the that's hallway. cool. About two or three months ago, the power had gone out. And it was like nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and the hallway's just glowing of all these lights, all these <laughs> pins. And power is out. You have nothing to do. Your internet doesn't work. You should use like data and whatnot. But we grabbed a flashlight and I was just like shining. You know how you have to like boost the glow in the dark to, yeah, with yeah. the light to get brighter? So I was just like shining it over top of it, making it bright. Like, Ooh, that one's really cool. And then do it to the next one. And we spent probably 
like a good half hour, 45 minutes walking around the house playing glow in the dark pins and popcorn buckets and whatever other things that we have <laughs> and just shining a light on it and seeing how well it glows. It was a fun little, uh, yeah. I love moment. that. There's See, that, when you're not, thinking, when you're at the parks and you're thinking, do I need this? There's you a pull out a flashlight why. and you shine it over the pin <laughs> and then you so say, you know, yeah, I need this. Your house is, the power is going to go out and that glow in the dark, whatever, <laughs> is going to help you through it. You're going to have oh, some my. fun. See, it's not only tip tri- tips for pin trading, it's tips for power outages and the fun that you can have. You could light your hallway with your glow in the dark pins. <laughs> that is so fun. <laughs> Just imagine if you were walking up to a cast member asking about a pin you pull a flashlight and you're shining it the thoughts going through that person's head without context (laughs) oh my Uh, gosh that's awesome that's a good tip how do you display yours carrie because you got quite a few as well yeah i have them on boards i have like in my office here i have a big board here with some of my favorites and then i have in my craft lab i have some boards up and i have all my muppet pins and my cat pins down there uh, and I have I have shoe boxes of pins as well. So yeah, cork boards. Yeah, you're that's, doing that's a that's a lot of cork boards. You're doing a shoe box for each pin event too, weren't you? At one point. No, our our friend our friend Carol has hers Carol organized quite well. She has them either um, in binders or she has them in boxes by event. So it's quite impressive yeah, the way she organizes her her collection it's yeah i don't have that level of organization skills me neither <laughs> me neither cork boards are easy i told you just put some cork boards up along your hallway you got lots of wall space and we're just gonna get we're gonna put all your pins we're up. gonna find the yes but i so that's why i was asking about how you trade because i did have pins to trade from the d23 but it was i was specifically looking for because we had to buy packages of four and of course, the package I wanted, I only wanted two out of the package. I didn't want the other two. Um, so I was trying to trade the other two, but it didn't It didn't work out. Um, I know so, exactly yeah. which sets you're referring to. You know what the, I'm like referring the, to? Like the head bust ones, right? I Yeah, so I got, I ended up with, I'm not a big fan of Baymax. Um, so I have Baymax and I can't remember his name, the boy. Um, Euro, yeah hero that's it um so i have them um and i was looking for winnie the pooh uh but apparently he was very popular uh we put it we we (laughs) of course uh we put it out to the to the 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 pin traders that were there in some chat thing i didn't but um, carol did it (laughs) carol Carol did it for me she's like let me see uh so yeah and and nobody was interested in my trade so I came home with my pins, but that's okay. Hold on to them. We'll I'm just going to hold on to them. And at some point there might be an event where I can bring my pins um, and trade them for something fun that I like, but I I'm was very happy. I got my two Zootopias and I got uh Jiminy Cricket and Mr. Toad. So that was what I wanted. Awesome. I didn't even know they had a Mr. Toad one. I don't remember yeah. seeing that. Yeah. That's cool. Very excited. I'm I'm kind of surprised Baymax wasn't that popular. I guess in relation to Pooh, but Baymax is a popular character. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I that's thought. Cool. Well, yeah. that, no, that's not, just, who, you had to get. Kate. I don't you know why I said somebody that. that. 
I did. That's I, not what I thought. That's what I. That's what Carol that's told what we me. Were told, we were told you. I think. <laughs> I think uh, Baymax is very popular, but it's you have to find somebody that has your poo that wants it. Exactly, and that's the thing. The people who maybe like Baymax are not the people who would be sitting on a poo pin. Okay. see a uh, pooping um yeah and i'm not going to be trading my silencio bruno anytime soon i have to look for that i had i can't yeah now why did you choose that pin because i love i love that movie but i love that line i like you know sometimes even just day to day something comes up and, you, and you're like nervous or you're not sure and whatever sometimes i say it in my head to myself i say silencio bruno and then i just do it yeah, Fran's definitely a collector of pins <laughs> for memories. Like she's she's a she's the one that would like you know the places you stay and the things that like more of a picking something for a memory versus you know must have every Muppet pin. That's really not that's really not, uh, not Fran's mo. She's more of a something that, that I'm more an of an emotional. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm more of an emotional. Like I have it. Oswald pins. I like Oswald pins. Um. I like Alice in Wonderland. Um, yeah, so, oh, I got her, too. So then I got some of the princess ones, too. So I got, uh, see, what's happened to me? Carry the cork board out, and then we'll have, uh, then with all the space that's left, you can buy more to fill up the cork board. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Between the pins and the Funkos and, oh, my house is, like, being overrun. You're becoming a true Disney fan, see? Yeah, that's what it is. That's, that's what it is. I, I needed more stuff to collect. Spend money for materialistic things. <laughs> Describes a Disney fan. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I did bring home my my figment thing that's got to go up on the wall too. So yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You actually reminded me. I do. We do have a sixth collection because we do collect a pin for each event or tour that we do or. Oh. Like if we go to a, ha- a Halloween party or pin event or whatever, and it's separate from our hallway, which is why I wasn't thinking of it. It's actually over our bed. Instead of having like a large headboard, we have picked up from Michael's, the craft store, uh, the letters for to spell Jason and Chantel. So Jason crosses into the N of Chantel and Chantel underneath, and they're cork letters. So we have all of our the events that we did together as a couple on our uh, Jason and Chantal. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. Oh, that is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. See, Fran, look at all these ideas. I love that. Explain your collection. I love that. Okay. You can see. Oh, no, you can't see it. No, it's no. gonna blur. Oh, you're gonna have to send us a picture of that. That's awesome. What a great idea. And then you commemorate each event that you do by getting a pin. Mm-hmm. Yep, Fun. exactly. Fun. Ay, ay, ay. There's so much. I have so much to learn here. So much to learn. Yeah, it's not working. I'm trying to show you the picture, but the podcast viewer, listeners can't hear it, see it anyways. So. <laughs> we we <Word> sometimes... <laughs> no i love that idea that's a great idea with the letters and the cork boards very cool those are some pretty cool tips you got any more that is all i had noted down did i miss any 
No, I think it's, I think it's good. I, what about, what would your advice be then? So for, so we've told people they've got to get some pins in advance and they, and, and how to acquire them. And we've told them about scrappers. So, you know, as a pin traders or, or pin collectors, you know, we ask the new up and coming pin, pin traders to be, to hopefully do their due diligence and try to buy real pins if they're going to trade them in the parks. But um, what about tips for when they've got their pins that maybe they've spent three, four, five, six dollars each for, like for when they're in their trading to to not leave with a bunch of scrappers or does it really matter? Like is, is our tip to them to say like, you know, make sure you're picking a really, like look at the pin, but you know, if you like it, you like it type of thing. Like what what kind of advice beyond us telling them to buy real pins? Yeah, so I think that's where the inspect it closely and look for some of those flaws that might identify it. But 100% agree, at the end of the day, if you like it, if it makes you happy in the moment, you're having fun, that's really the most important part of all mm-hmm. of it. The interactions that you have, the memories you create, the fun that you have, just running around trying mm-hmm. to complete a set. Um, yeah, there's something rewarding in that. And some of those sets, I think... You can really only find them in scrappers. I think there's the there's that is it a silhouette pin where there's like a pig. The pig is so hard to find, but it's so commonly found in scrappers. You know which set I'm talking about? Um, no, it's one of the hidden Mickey sets. But it it's so hard to find an authentic one. I think it's the pig that was the hard one. And yeah, you can find them pretty much dime a dozen for the scrappers. And so some people will just be satisfied in completing their set with that one scrapper. And that's probably why I have some Mm -hmm. scrappers still in our frames is you just can't find the authentic one. And yeah. And it makes you happy to have. So it's not about like trying to find like for a new pin trader, they shouldn't be worried about trying to find the value of a pin. Like if you bought it for $6.99, make sure you're getting a pin worth at least $6.99. Like that's too much for somebody out of the gate. Just go in with what you've got and get what you like. Mm-hmm. And I think just maybe in, in keeping in mind, like if you've listened to this, like, and you've, you know, a little bit more about the scrappers, like if the pin, if the color's off or something does look wonky, even if it's one that you really really like like if it does look really weird like keep like I don't know unless unless something really you know you have to have it (laughs) like you know if it looks rough or or feels funny or the colors are off like you know it's supposed to be bright yellow but it's a little you know different yellow like there'll be you'll you're gonna see so many pins the whole week that you're there like there's pins everywhere so so you know just keep looking and, and find something else like Unless again, you really, really want it, but like if you do see something, you don't have to settle. You don't have to settle. Like just keep looking because I guarantee, especially if you kind of have a limit, like you've got fifteen pins or twenty pins or ten pins, I don't think you'll have a problem being able to trade them for you know bringing home a collection that you're going to be proud of. Like just keep, just keep looking. Awesome. Yeah, and you're just starting off anyway, so Mm -hmm. you're always going to grow into the hobby further and further. So just like have fun in the beginning. I know, but it, but so have fun, but beware because as much as you rail against the machine and say I am not going to become a pin collector, 
when you have a box with like a hundred pins in it, you start to wonder if you've just lost the battle. You're talking to the wrong people here about, about this battle. I'm, I'm just, I'm in the store, I'm buying pins and thinking to myself, what happened to me? What happened? I was not a pin person. Well, and I think too, with people that are doing this to start is that, you know, there we're, we go on about being collectors and pin traders or whatever, but I think it's really just like to have fun, like to start off, it's to have fun on this trip and to, and to come home with a fun little collection, yeah. like guaranteed you're most likely going to buy a few new pins to go with your collection. And you kind of come home with a lanyard or a baggie or whatever, full of things that, that are a memory of, of like what Jay said, it's like the yeah. fun and enjoyment of, of searching for them. And like, that's to a new pin person that someone that's participating in this we won't call them a collector or a trader yet <laughs> someone that's participating in this it's the experience they're having and then maybe they don't go to disney for a couple more years but they really had fun so they bring another bag of 10 or 20, 20 pin trade pins and then they they see what they do on that trip maybe they don't even they most likely wouldn't even bring maybe the pins that they had last time because they have such strong memory yeah you know like like i think when people are pin trading or not like not pin trading and not collecting like we may and they're just doing it as a I don't know what you call it like the you know those pins will mean a lot to them and they wouldn't dare want to trade them so and they make for great souvenirs yeah for sure and I think that's what makes it I always tell people especially with little kids like if you can get them at a decent price real ones then it gives them something to do and then they come home with a whole lanyard full of souvenirs and and they've had fun that they picked and yeah, then, and then you know they'll they'll be happy with them for a little while. I'm sure when they get older, they'll end up at <laughs> end up at the goodwill or something when nobody cares about them anymore. But you know, it will it will give them some fond memories. So there's also a great piece to be said around personal development, whether it's for people who may feel uncomfortable socially and going up to somebody, sparking a conversation, like it just kind of knocks down that barrier. Mm-hmm. Kids who may not be exposed to that type of stuff going up to a stranger cautiously, I guess, in that case, because they're right. But yeah, you're, you're kind of building that social uh, skill. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And at Disney, the cast members always with the little ones, the little kids, they, they engage them and talk to them and encourage them. And they're so nice to them and make them, you know, enjoy that experience. So. Oh, for sure. It's a great thing for sure. Awesome. This is this is good. These were good tips. These were very good tips. Thank you. Um, we are going to insert our jingle here. Carrie <laughs> hates it when I announce it like that, but I have to. So, this, so they know the jingle's coming and then we're coming back to do our pixie dust, right? Sounds yep. good. If you're a Disney, 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 Disney fan, then you should listen, listen, listen to Carrie and Fran. They laugh and chat and help you make a plan. Okay, so it's that time of the podcast, and Jay, you are our guest, so we're going to let you go first, where you share something that brought you joy and happiness. What was your pixie dust this week? Recently, we actually purchased a new-to-us vehicle, so that was quite uh, Ooh. quite a little sparkle of positivity, and there was a lot of concern and uncertainty, and, and so far, things have been going great. We tried... Um, 
a, a car lot called Clutch. I don't know if you've heard of Clutch. No. All online. So you you shop online, you look at the pictures, it's all done through email conversations back and forth. And they're a reputable car dealer and you can either ha- go pick it up. It was in Etobicoke. It's a bit of a drive for us. Or we could have paid to have it delivered. And while there are a lot of positive reviews, there was also some concerning reviews. And when you're spending that much money yeah. on a vehicle, not seeing it or any of that in advance was a little uh, nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> at the end of it all, we love it. It's a great car. Um, yeah, we're so happy with uh, that. So that, I was thought that'd be my pixie dust. That's oh. huge pixie dust. That's awesome. Did you, do you give your cars a name? We do, yes. So this is a this is a red Nissan Rogue, so an SUV type. And although we were trying to think of something Disney, we did land on something cutesy, and we called it Clifford. Aww. Aww. the big red dog. That's awesome. So that's what we called our car. Oh, there are some Disney touches. We have the Mickey license plate cover, and yeah. So you've got it. It's decked out Disney. Oh yeah, of you course. Have your Disney stuff. Covered. I like it. I like Clifford. it. See other people that name yeah. their cars. Interesting. Now I have to ask: Do you name your cars? Then I do. I don't. No. Okay, Carrie, what's the name of your car? My car's name's Beastie. Why Beastie? Uh, it was um, the movie with Angelina Jolie. Uh, whatever. What's it? <laughs> where she's where? <laughs> what's her name? Which. I don't even know what you're talking about. The movie where she's a villain when she's even when she's uh Maleficent? Maleficent, yeah, when Maleficent came out. Um and she calls she calls um she calls the uh calls her Beastie. When she's a little when she's a little girl or whatever, she calls her my Beastie. And I got my car and I called my car my Beastie. And I thought that was kind of cute and it fits. <laughs> I called my car. It's cute. I don't remember that part of the movie, but yeah. it is cute. Mm-hmm. Very Beastie. cute. Yeah, no. I, and I try and I and I thought, oh, that would be. I could get a vanity plate and write Beastie. And like, no joke, I was in a parking lot and somebody had Beastie and like, and I'm like, so apparently I'm new. I don't know what that means to that person, but to me, it's my car. But um, Beastie, my friend doesn't do that. No. She, uh, boring vehicle. <laughs> you should because it's a lot fun when you get talk when you can call your car by its name. Yeah. Well, it doesn't come running. Like, what? what if I my car before was rusty, and and I call and I said and I would say rusty with an I because it's a girl because <laughs> it was like an old, old, old my mom's old car that she handed down to me, and I called her rusty with an I. Isn't there technology in newer cars where you can actually call your car? There, I thought I there might I thought be. I read an article too where you can the 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 car loan bank financial institution could actually call the car back oh my gosh yeah there was an article about it not that long ago wow who knew who knew they drive themselves anyways yeah yeah Yeah. and no name (laughs) no name and the no name president's choice i'm the president's choice no name brand (laughs) that's awesome pixie dust (laughs) gary what's yours this week my pixie dust is that, and I can't believe I didn't think of this for a, a little while. It's been a couple months and it's continuing. Is that at work? Oh, I, in the freezer at work? I'm nervous. For the last two months, we've had Costco ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> and this week, I, when I, I wasn't in today in the office, but I was in the office 
on the day before. Yeah. Uh, every day after I eat my lunch, I go and get an ice cream sandwich out of the freezer. Nice. And the best part of it is that nobody knew they were really in there. And I was like pecking them off one at a time. <laughs> and then I would, I walk and like, if I walk back from the office, from the kitchen to my office, if I have someone up to make eye contact, I'd be like, ice cream sandwiches in the freezer, but nobody's ever in the office. So really, nobody's like, there to eat them. Nobody really knows if I do happen to make, I'm not walking out and saying, everybody, there's ice cream sandwiches <laughs> in the freezer. But if someone sees me walking with my ice cream sandwich, I go, did you know there are ice cream sandwiches in the freezer? <laughs> and because there's low, you know, low up, you know, uptake on these, you know, this, this 60, I think we've had six, two boxes. So 60 <laughs> of them have been going on forever. And, and now the last box hasn't lasted very long because the word got out that there was ice cream sandwiches. And the younger kids, you know, go in there oh, and have yeah. it too. But, but every day after every day after lunch, I have an ice cream sandwich. Like for the last, like I don't know, look at you month at work. Yeah, that's that's a pixie dust. It makes me so happy after you know. Some days I forget. I'm like, oh, I really like to have something else after my lunch. And then the light bulb goes on. <laughs> ice cream sandwiches. Living <laughs> like a queen. Scoop to the kitchen. Your ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> Those Costco. I never had a Costco ice cream sandwich until then. I don't know. Those like they're like I've they're never thick. they're oh know. they're good. So mm-hmm. is that the only difference? Is they're thick, so there's more ice cream in it, mm-hmm, or is mm-hmm. it yeah? There may be is a, it like a softer cookie or a harder cookie. A soft cookie. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're very is good. Is it like chocolate chip cookies or just cookie? An ice cream sandwich. I don't normally <laughs> I don't need ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> next time i'm come over i'm bringing you a case from costco you'll you'll thank me but you'll hate me at the same time <laughs> it's kind of like the cookie butter mm-hmm. yeah okay. yeah is that there's your, is that your pixie dust mm-hmm. that you you've been stocked up on cookie butter no but i should have that should have been it um we got some cookie butter from our friends in florida you know because i think they're determined to just make me fat because that stuff's so good i could just eat it with a spoon i know you're supposed to put it on like toast and stuff but i could just like eat it with a spoon like it's ice cream um no. i don't think i've ever had cookie butter we don't, never did either until don't. they were until we were gifted it yeah don't it's 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 oh it's so good um is it exactly what it sounds like yeah it's but... like peanut butter only it tastes like cookie dough yeah it's like it's that like, kind of know, consistency you know those dutch wafer cookies a speculos or whatever i don't know how you say it but like they're the cookies that that they're Dutch cookies and they're like waffle. They're waffle cookies. Yeah. It's it's that's the like that's what the cookie butter is. It's that is that Taste. type of cookie butter. So and good. um, you know, it's like perfect dip like for putting on apples and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't you know just, what, what I put it on apple. You just stick the spoon in that jar. That's it. <laughs> I was eating oh I ate mine with apples. Oh my gosh. I did not. Anyways. Pixie um, dust. My pixie dust. I know it seems a bit early, but you got to get on it early in the year. Um, I confirmed my snow removal for the 2023 winter season. You have to get ahead of the game. Um, so I, I have the this company that does the condo across the street from me. And every year I reach out to them and just say, while you're over at the condo, could you just come over and do my driveway? Um, because I'm in it like a little bit of a wind tunnel. So even if there's only like a foot of snow on the ground, there's six feet in my driveway. Um, so they confirm uh, their price went up, but whatever. Um, it just, you know what, one big snowfall and I'm thankful for them. So, and there's no kids in my neighborhood that, that do this. Like I, yeah. 
So anyway, so yes, it's very exciting to me because now I can rest easy that I won't be snowed in and somebody will dig me out when the snow comes. That's my pixie dust. Mm-hmm, that's good pixie dust. <laughs> no hurdles for you to get to the airport to your next Disney trip. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, somebody's leaving me a voicemail. I have my phone on silent, but you can, you can, I don't know if you can hear it or not, but hopefully not. Um, faintly. Faintly. Yeah. Sounds like, it sounds like the peanuts teacher. The peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jay, so much for your tips on pin trading and, and for joining us on the podcast. It's always so much fun to have you uh, join us. I have a great time. Thank you for inviting me again. Yes. And I will put a link in the show notes to uh, the last episode where you guys told us all about uh, your wedding. And like every time I think about those episodes, all I can think about are the treats and it makes me hungry. You know, we talked a lot about the treats, <laughs> the taste. I, I remember that was treat. your highlight. The cake. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get it out of my head. Like the reason to get married at Walt Disney World is for the cake tasting. <laughs> During the cake tasting, you would have been like, one second, let me pull out my cookie butter. Exactly. And just start- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Thank you again, Jay, for joining us. And uh we'll be back next. Well, Carrie, we're on our bi-weekly schedule has started. Um, so everybody now knows. It's bi-weekly. We'll, see you soon. well they'd see have you to soon. they'd have to listen to the end of all our podcasts to hear that. So only some well, of them. Maybe they won't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see them so- soonish. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast player so you'll get a new episode every week. And find us on social media too. We'd love to hear from you. Till next time, remember, you are never too old to be young. Chase your dreams and design your own happily ever after.